you must let go of the feeling of righteous punishment. If we can't let go of the past, we can't get into that frame of mind to forgive. You and I aren't the judge, jury, and executioner of this person. You need to hand it over to God. Give up the right to punish the wrongs that have been inflicted to you. You know, forgiveness is about freedom. Your freedom. Hi, I'm Ruth Hopsapkin. Welcome to the Out of the Darkness podcast, where we help you navigate life's trials based on faith and biblical truths. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Darkness with Ruth Hopsapkin. We are talking about forgiveness, and we are going to look at the meaning of forgiveness and the biblical definition for it, and how we need to forgive to move forward. Let's start off by looking at the definition of forgiveness. It essentially is the act of pardoning an offender. In the Bible, the Greek word used is literally to let go. For example, when someone does not demand payment for a debt, Jesus used this comparison in his parable of the unmerciful slave in Matthew, as well as when he taught his followers to pray. He taught them, Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is in debt to us. We need to acknowledge the hurt as a first step to forgiving and healing. Have you ever been hurt by something someone said or did? I bet that there isn't one person listening that has not experienced some kind of hurt. Let me tell you something really important. If you don't forgive those past hurts, then you are not the best version of yourself. I want to give you a little visual of what I'm talking about. Uh, Years ago, in my early teens, I was playing ice hockey with a bunch of guys from school, and I thought I was just so cool playing with the guys. But in those days, girls wore the figure skating skates, you know, with those picks at the front. And here I am playing with the guys, and I'm going across the ice with the puck and suddenly I found myself face planting on the ice. My skate had caught in a divot in the ice. Well, it ended up that I had ripped the muscles and tendons in my ankle and I spent, I don't know, a couple of months in this cast and once it was removed, I never did physio or strengthening exercises. No one told me that I should do that to you know, after months of not using the muscle and, you know, it being ripped, that I needed to heal it in a different type of way. Well, for years, well into adulthood, that ankle would ache or give out when it was least expected. So think of it as a hurt from your past. You've done nothing to heal it. Our souls are just like that. There you are, you know, minding your own business having a great day, and suddenly you hear someone say something and you go from a really happy, great day to suddenly having a miserable day and feeling sad. Or you hear someone's name mentioned and your day is ruined. Or you're on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever is your go-to, and you read a post or you read a comment or you see something and it 
just annoys you and angers you and you don't know what just happened. You know what it is? These are triggers. This type of a reaction tells you that you have a past hurt and it hasn't been processed correctly. It still hurts because the comment wasn't what ruined your day or week, but a trigger, a reminder from a past hurt, and it is still hurting today. Recently, I was reading Genesis 45, the story of Joseph, and Joseph coming face to face with his brothers, the same brothers who years before had captured him and sold him into slavery. Yep those brothers. So let's take a look at Genesis chapter 45 verses 1 and 2. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood before him. He was human. He had been sold into slavery. He had been sent far away from everything that he had known. He was a young boy, maybe a teenager. It goes on and says, he cried. Make everyone go out from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph was dealing with the trauma of the past, the hurt of the past. Imagine all the pent-up emotions that Joseph had. He wept so loud that the Egyptians and his neighbors heard him cry out. In verse 4, Joseph acknowledges what was done to him by his brothers. He says to them, I am your brother whom you sold. So the first part of forgiveness is acknowledging the hurt. You need to face the hurt and feel the pain to be able to forgive it. So now you've acknowledged the hurt the next step is to surrender your right to hurt back. Yikes. What am I saying? You heard me right. You have to give up the right to punish. As children, when someone pulls your pigtails or pushes you, your first you know, reaction is to do tit for tat. They push you, you push them back. They pull your hair, you pull their hair. They break your pencil, you break theirs. But the Bible very clearly tells us that it is not our place to hurt the other person back or to punish someone for their wrongdoing. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 19, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. I mean, come on, how much clearer can it be than that? You cannot say you forgive someone, but continuously use the past as leverage. That simply is not forgiving. You know, you get into a fight and you suddenly start saying and you catch yourself saying, yeah, but you know, when you did this, remember when you said that? Remember, remember this, remember that? 
you must let go of the feeling of righteous punishment. If we can't let go of the past, we can't get into that frame of mind to forgive. You and I aren't the judge, jury, and executioner of this person. You need to hand it over to God. Give up the right to punish the wrongs that have been inflicted to you. You know, forgiveness is about freedom. Your freedom. It is you working through the layers to achieve freedom. It's a process. It's not an event. It's not suddenly you saying, okay, I forgive you and walking away and everything is done and, you know, everything is back to normal. No, it's a process. We acknowledge it. We surrender it to the Lord. That's how we start the process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is not justifying the actions of the other person or letting them off the hook. No, that's not what I'm saying. And forgiveness is not a guarantee of reconciliation or doing life together. Forgiveness is for us. Forgiveness is letting our Heavenly Father heal us layer by layer. Healing day by day. Ensuring that the hurts from way back then don't continue to hurt you today. That's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness sets you free. So we acknowledge the hurt. We surrender the right to punish. And now this is the real tough one. Don't come at me. I know you're going to take your finger and point it at me and say, how could you? You need to pray for them. Yep. I said it. You need to pray for them. And I don't mean you pray, Lord, you know what so-and-so did? Or, Lord, I pray that you take away and let this and mm, no. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That's from Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. I have tried to do this in the past, and it went something like this. Dear Heavenly Father, would you... Oh, I just can't say their name, and I walk away. Or something like this. God, you know what they need. Yep, we've all done it. We tell Jesus what we want him to do with that person. I believe, though, that Jesus told us to pray for those who hurt us, not for their benefit, but for our own, you and me. Why do I say this? Because that hurt turns to anger, and that anger turns to bitterness, and a hardened heart, and a hardened heart then starts to change the way you live. It causes all kinds of issues, anxiety, depression, your energy is wasted on those feelings and emotions. We need to be obedient to what our Heavenly Father has said. We need to pray for them and ask our Heavenly Father to bless them today. That doesn't mean they are off the hook for what they have done, but that is not for us to deal with. For us, it is to forgive them and to pray for them. You know, you can't kneel in front of your Heavenly Father and pray for someone and hold a grudge. You can try, but it's not possible. 
I will pray for them to seek repentance of the Father and that grace be shown to them as it has been shown to me. Each time you pray for them, it gets easier. You know, I have a little garden at the back. Well, not really a garden. It's just a space at the back of the house. And the last couple of years, I've tried to plant a few things, some successfully, some not so much. I don't really have a green thumb. But you know, the first time that I put my shovel or my spade into the ground, it hit rock. And man, did that hurt. Well, I moved over to another spot and I tried again and it was a little bit better. And I dug a bit and there were some, you know, rubble and rocks. So I moved those, dug a bit more and removed a few more and dug a bit deeper. And I actually got to some clean soil. You know, each layer that I dug down got softer until the area was ready for planting. Each pass of the spade softened the ground. Each time we pray, our hearts are softened and healed. When our hearts are softened and ready for planting, then we allow joy and peace to grow within us. Romans 12:21 Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. To really be able to forgive, we have to do it the way God has told us to do it. We pray for them, we bless them, and we don't speak badly about them. We speak well of them. You may not want to or feel like it, but you must obey God. We don't go by our feelings, but by our faith. It's tough stuff. It really is hard not to go around telling everyone what so-and-so did to you. Or, you know, there you are going on your merry way and somebody, you meet up with someone and they go, Oh, I heard that so-and-so did this to you. And there you are, starting all over again, talking about what they did to you. That's not what the Lord wants from us. The Lord wants us to forgive them, to bless them, and not speak badly about them. All right, so now we've acknowledged the hurt, we've surrendered it, and we've prayed. Now what? Now we have to be open to reconciliation. I know. This is a very difficult one. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Romans 12, 18. This verse has confused me and frustrated me. Okay, let me see if I got this right. Not only was I hurt, but I now have to forgive them. I've not been able to get even, and then I've had to pray for them. And now I have to reconcile with them? Why can't I just keep them far away from me? More like out of my life in another province or state or country? Well, here is what I've come to see. Forgiveness is what I do for myself. I have control over that. But to reconcile or to have fellowship takes two or more people. Fellowship can be mended when there is true repentance. None of this. I'm sorry if you got hurt. I'm sorry if you misunderstood what I said. No, none of that. True repentance. Well, here is what I've come to see. 
that forgiveness is what I do for myself. I have control over that, but I don't have control over reconciliation or rebuilding a relationship. It takes two or more. Fellowship can only be mended when there is true repentance. You know those apologies that we see, especially in this day and age? Well, I'm sorry if you got hurt. I'm sorry if you misunderstood what I said. But that's not real repentance. That's not really apologizing for what you've done wrong. You're throwing it back at the person that you've hurt. If you want to know what real forgiveness and reconciliation looks like, read Genesis 45 through 50, and you will see how Joseph forgave his brothers and how Joseph's brothers threw themselves at his feet. You know, they acknowledged what they had done wrong and asked for forgiveness. That is what a true apology looks like. A real apology says, I was wrong. I hurt you. I am sorry. And will you forgive me? This is true repentance. And with true repentance comes change. There has to be respect, trust, and honor. There will be times where reconciliation or fellowship will not be possible because of safety issues. But that doesn't mean that we do not forgive. The general theme throughout the Bible is reconciliation and fellowship. But even the Bible acknowledges that there will be times that it is not possible. To Titus, he says, But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division, after warning him once, then twice, have nothing more to do with them. You know, the three strikes you're out. As for a person who stirs up the vision, after warning him once and then twice, have nothing more to do with them. Knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he is self-condemned. And then in, in 2 Timothy, we see have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. That's from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. When it is harming you more than it is doing you good, stop and move on. For your future, for your freedom, you have got to have forgiveness. This is so difficult for us. We are not wired to forgive. We need to pray for divine strength, healing, and freedom. You can't do it alone. If you could, you would have done it by now. You wouldn't be struggling with this pain in your life. You would have moved on by now. I know that I need the power of the Holy Spirit in my life, in my heart, and my soul. I need the Holy Spirit to help me walk through these steps to forgiveness and healing. We need the power of God to get us there. Jesus was teaching his disciples and followers how to pray. We call it the Lord's Prayer today. And Jesus knew how hard it was to forgive. And he says, 
Forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone who is in debt to us. Boy, Jesus knew how hard it was to forgive. He knew betrayal. And he knew betrayal from within the group that he was with. This is so difficult. Forgiveness is difficult. So difficult that the Lord is telling us to pray daily. Pray for this every day. You need it. I want to leave you with a few verses. Write them down. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace and the God of love and peace will be with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Matthew chapter 19, verse 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 says, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Where are you at in your life today? Do you have hurts that you have not taken care of? Do you have relationships that have not been mended? Forgiveness. Forgiveness is something that is a priority as a believer. Deal with the hurts today so that your future will be filled with joy and peace. Don't let the past hurts ruin your present and your future. I want to leave you with this prayer from Rick Warren. Father, only you understand how much I've been hurt by this person. I don't want to carry the pain for another second. I don't want to be a bitter person, but I need your grace and the power of the cross to release my hurt and to forgive those who've hurt me. This is the turning point. First, I need to experience your forgiveness. You know all the ways I've hurt others, and I am so sorry for my sins. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I accept your grace and forgiveness, and I need it daily. Today, I'm turning to you, and I'm choosing to forgive the way you have forgiven me. Every time the memory comes back, I'll forgive that person again until the pain is gone. Heal my heart. With your grace, in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for joining me. To stay connected, follow me on Instagram and Facebook. If you like this podcast, can you help me find new listeners by leaving a rating and review? This small step takes only a moment, but really helps grow the listening audience. So let me thank you in advance. I hope you have a wonderful day and until next time, let's continue on our journey as followers of Jesus Christ. I am 
Ruth Hofsapien.